I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the very first episode of Land Grant Holy Land's new recruiting-centric podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Timonini. On this podcast, we are going to be talking to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and even some recruits themselves, so stay tuned. But since this is our very first episode of this specific show, there was literally no one else that we could imagine launching The Dotted Line with other than the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting News, Bill Curlick. I'm sure that I don't have to tell you about who he is and what he's done in his career, but for more than three decades, Bill has been the leading voice covering Ohio State recruiting, and he is now one of the most trusted experts in the game for 24-7 sports and their Ohio State site, Bucknuts. In our conversation, Bill and I discussed the Buckeyes' insanely jam-packed month of June, JT Tuomaloa's upcoming visit, this weekend's Buckeye Bash 2.0, Quinn Ewer's impact on OSU's quarterback recruiting, if the Buckeyes will pull anyone else from the transfer portal this offseason, what booms we could be hearing over the next month, and much, much more. So, with all of that stuff now out of the way, here's my conversation with the one, the only, Bill Curlick. Bill, we are recording here on Friday, May 28th, and it is just minutes uh, after the Ohio State Director of Player Personnel, Mark Pantone, and the on-campus recruiting director, Aaron Dunstan, wrapped up a Zoom call with the media talking about what is potentially going to be the biggest month of recruiting, or at least the most jam-packed uh, month of recruiting in recent memory for Ohio State. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting about that call was explaining why they are having this big push on that first weekend, June 4th through 6th, of having a bunch of players there that are committed. Um, I think a lot of people might assume that you want to get some guys that maybe aren't committed in there to get that first good impression. But Ohio State was really committed to bringing in guys who have already pledged to come to the school in on that first weekend. Yeah. um, You know, one thing Ohio State has done uh, a great job of and continues to do a great job of it is they recruit players all the way through the process, whether that player has committed to them or not. Um, When the player commits to Ohio State, the the process is far from over. Um, You know, they they continually stay in contact with the players. Um, You know, they they keep tabs on them. 
usually when, when visits are allowed, those, those players get back to Ohio State for games and things like that. Um, so it's an ongoing process, and it's, it's one of the reasons that Ohio State is so good at what they do. Um, you know, they don't leave anything to chance. Uh, just because someone's committed to Ohio State doesn't mean other schools are not going to continue to recruit that player. And Ohio State's getting, uh, in most cases, the, the best of the best, great players from all over the country. So, you know, uh, schools are going to tend to t- try to continue recruiting many of those players if they think there is any hopes whatsoever of flipping that player. So Ohio State continues to recruit those players. And in this case, you know, they will continue to recruit all the kids that have committed. But they also wanted to show loyalty. Um, they, they felt like those kids – committed early and have been loyal to the program, um, you know, through the pandemic and through the inability to visit and all. And it just made sense. And when you think about it, it really does make a lot of sense that those kids would get the first shot to be the first guys back on campus when visits are allowed. So, you know, I think it's a tremendous thought process and a great thing to do. It also probably impacts a lot of the way that either the recent commitments or recruits who are thinking about committing um, want to schedule their visits because if they come in on that first weekend, when I think there are going to be some uncommitted guys that that do, they might not have as many opportunities to interact with the coaches one on one as opposed to if they come in later in the month. Have you heard from recruits that are kind of weighing the timing as to how they want to get the most out of their experience visiting Ohio State for the first time? Yeah, you know, I think uh, that that is certainly something, you know, kids think about, you know, uh, how can I get the best experience when I go to, to somewhere like Ohio State? But, again, as I mentioned, Ohio State's recruiting the best of the best. So the kids that are going to yeah. be coming in for official visits to Ohio State, you know, they're going to have official visit opportunities to, you know, Clemson and Alabama and, 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 you know, all the other top programs around the country as well, Texas A&M and California School. You know, they, they, they're going to, generally speaking, you know, have the opportunity, if they have an opportunity to make an official visit to Ohio State, have the same opportunity to make an official visit to all the other top programs because they're that good. So, you know, it, it comes down to, a, in a lot of cases, you know, kids – um, you know, try to try to make things work out, and it's not always easy. You know, one school may want you to come this weekend, another school may want you to come a different weekend, but another school may want to come want you to come that same weekend. So there's a lot that goes into it uh, as far as working out a schedule, and you know, some of it, you know, Ohio State obviously for their uh, situation is going to want to you know set things up as as well as possible with the when they think is the best time for a recruit to come in. Um, but it also is being done the same thing as being done by other schools. And then the kid has their own schedules too. You know, maybe they can't come this certain weekend because of something else going on. So it really is a pretty complex, complex puzzle sometimes to, to figure out. Yeah. And speaking of players having their own schedule, just this past week, we got I don't even know if we can call it official confirmation, but we now believe that JT Tuomaloau will be coming to Columbus sometime in late June. I think that weekend of the 18th through the 20th. Is that official? Is that confirmed? I mean, he hasn't talked to people, so I don't know if anything's ever official, but that's what we've been hearing, right? Well, you're going to, he's going to put out the official 
official visit schedule, so to speak. Okay. Um, uh, perhaps as soon as today, but uh, sometime between today, Friday, and I would say Tuesday of next week, he's going to, he and his dad are going to put out uh, their official visit schedule uh, for, for the world to see, so to speak. Um, I, I can tell you that the Ohio State visit uh, uh, will be the weekend of June 18th to 20th. Uh, I have been told that uh, by uh, a source close to the situation. Uh, the other ones, you know, there's been a lot of speculation, and to be honest, um, there, there's been some inaccurate reporting uh, on the other mm-hmm. visits that he has set up. Um, but suffice to say, you know, that he is going to take other visits. He'll visit Alabama. I expect him to visit Oregon. Um, and I think he'll take at least a minimum of three and – I, I think it's very possible that he tries to get all five official visits in. That, that's been his plan all along, to get his official visits in, to take all five if possible. So I think that's very possible. And what we know right now is that the visit to Ohio State will be June 18th to 20th. He will take other visits, and we will soon find out the exact dates of those other visits. Yeah. Currently, you are among a handful of people that have him crystal ball to Ohio State. But at this point, most of those or a lot of those predictions were pre-pandemic. So everything, I assume, is back up in the air, even if there was some momentum towards Ohio State in early 2020. We'd have to assume that at this point, all bets are off. And it's, you know, he probably has his favorites, but trying to predict what those are is a crapshoot at this point. Yeah, I think it's just going to come down to the visits, to be honest. That's why he has really been adamant about taking the visits. He wants to see the school. He's never been to Ohio State. So while I, you know, have tended to like Ohio State's chances, it's been with a pretty low confidence level. Um, You know, if I had to uh, predict right now, I would probably still go with Ohio State at a very low confidence level. Um, Mm -hmm. But it would be anything but a shock to, to say he's going to end up at Ohio State, or for that matter, it'd be anything of a shock to say that he's going to end up at Alabama. Well, I think Oregon is certainly there. And hmm. USC, you know, he's got still his five, six schools that he's going to, you know, check out and highly consider. And I think the decision will come down to how those visits go. Yeah. And of course, being the number one player in the country that will give you every opportunity to go anywhere that you probably would like to. So him taking the opportunity to use these visits, especially after this past year, makes sense. Um, As for the rest of this this June request. Recruiting cycle. I assume at some point we will hear JT's uh, decision, even if it's not June, in early July so that he can get on campus. But for the bulk of the rest of the recruits, they are going to be 2022 guys, 2023s. They aren't necessarily in as big of a hurry to make a commitment. But I think a lot of the expectations are that we'll see a lot of boom gifts coming from Mark Pantone over the course of the next few months. Do you think that makes sense? Do you think that as players get on campus, they'll be ready to commit? after all of this time or do you think that they're going to take their time like JT has and kind of weigh their options and see as many different campuses and coaching staffs as possible well I think um, I I think there's going to be a lot of commitments Um, not necessarily right away though as as one um, uh, college coach told me you know that they at their particular school um, they think that they're going to get um, 10 to 15 commitments 
by the end of June, early July. Wow. That's a ton. Yeah. <laughs> 10 to 15 commitments, if that indeed happens. Uh, that's not going to happen for Ohio State because they're already at 12 commitments. Right. And um, as Mark Fantoni said, they're happy with where they're at, but they don't want to get too filled up too quick because there's still the season to go. Uh, he mentions Zen Milchowski, an offensive lineman from Indiana, who really wasn't even much on their radar screen at this time um, in his recruiting process going into his senior year. He then went out and, you know, had a great senior season, especially the first half when Ohio State saw him. He played very well, and he ends up at Ohio State. If you don't have any room left, you don't have room for somebody like that. And there are going to be guys like that. There are going to be guys that are they're going to wait. They're going to make decisions later. So I think, um, you know, with, with kids having waited so long to visit schools now, I think it'll be a little bit abnormal, so to speak, to see a kid visit one school and make a commitment because he, <laughs> they've waited this long. You might as well take two or three or four or five visits. So I think yeah. that you're going to get some commitments in early June, but I think that, that really they're going to start coming in more heavily um, mid June and then into late June and early July is when they'll really start coming. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because of the weird year that we've had, and for a lot of these players, either they didn't have a, a high school football season or it was kind of an amended one and, and coaches obviously couldn't see a ton of things in person, it, it, does the fact that maybe some of these guys, whether they're 2022 or 2023, didn't have a 2020 football season, is that kind of changing the timeline for either Ohio State making offers or at least making committable offers to kind of wait and see what happens this fall from certain guys? I don't think that's changed too much because okay. most of these kids, very few kids, didn't actually play. Now, some of them had to wait until the spring, and generally speaking, when the ones that waited, waited, uh, they didn't have uh, really a, a typical season. I, I, one kid at High State's recruiting um, told me his season consisted of three games. They, they waited until oh. the spring, they had their football season in the spring, and it ended up being three games, and that's it. So. You know, they, they didn't, and, and even the kids in Ohio, most of them didn't have uh, 10 games. They had a six-game regular season and the playoff games, so it wasn't a typical season. Um, but they did, generally speaking, almost all kids got to have their season at some point, whether it be last fall or this spring. So uh, they, they at least got that in. So I don't think that, you know, that, that the timeline and everything has changed too much, to be honest. 
Okay. Well, one thing that I've noticed this past week, and you've actually written about it, is we've heard a number of of quarterback prospects, including Quinn Ewers, kind of talk up um, the new, or I guess new-ish, uh, Ohio State quarterback coach, Corey Dennis. I think there's a lot of interest in fans when he got that job because not only is he on the staff primarily because he's Urban Meyer's son-in-law, but he wasn't a quarterback in college. But we've now heard Quinn Ewers and Malachi Singleton kind of talk about what a great recruiter he is and how much they've enjoyed getting to know him. Is that something that we should expect? Is that one of the reasons why he was promoted the disposition? Because I think for a lot of Buckeye fans, they're a little surprised by this. Yeah, I think uh, the surprise comes in that, you know, Corey Dennis didn't have a lot of experience when he got that job. Uh, So you didn't know what to expect uh, other than, you know, if you're uh, around Urban Meyer and you're a football coach, you're going to know the uh, value and the importance put on recruiting. And obviously, Corey Dennis has been around Urban Meyer (laughs) a lot, having married his daughter. So, so, uh, you know, he's going to know, you know, nobody really put more emphasis on recruiting than Urban Meyer. I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the first, if not the number one thing Urban Meyer looked for when he hired assistant coaches at the college level was how good a recruiter that assistant coach is and would be. So, you know, Corey Dennis knew you know, how important recruiting is. He's been around it. Um, he, he's learned from some of the best and the best in urban. And to tell you a little bit, a little, little bit about how good a Corey Dennis is recruiting wise, you know, he was the reason, uh, you know, basically that Ohio State was able to get the number one player in the country, Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. You know, he, that was pretty much all on Corey Dennis staying with Quinn Ewers, continuing to recruit him when he was committed to Texas and, and just getting the job done there. So, you know, I'm really, really pretty interested to see um, how the 2023 and 2024 quarterback recruiting goes because, you know, if you're a 2023 kid, do you want to come in right right behind the number one player in the country at your position that happens to be at your position? You know, so uh, Corey Dennis has got his work cut out for him there with the 2023 class. But uh, I have a lot of confidence that he's going to get somebody very good. Because Quinn Ewers is committed and he seems to be incredibly committed now that he has um, kind of changed his commitment from Texas to Ohio State. And I don't think there it doesn't seem like Ohio State is too worried about him changing his mind again. But has Ohio State adjusted its recruiting expectations for 2023 at the quarterback position because Quinn Ewers is in the fold now? Are they still trying to get that top number one? one possible player? Are they trying to look for somebody who they think it will be in the program for multiple years and might be willing to wait behind yours when he eventually becomes the starter? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Matt. Uh, and I think the, the best way to answer it is, is they're, they're going to shoot for the very best. Hmm. You know, that if you're Ohio State, you're shooting for the best. Um, so, so they're going to shoot for the very best quarterback they can get in the 2023 class. Now, do, do they know it's going to be a little bit harder um, with Quinn Ewers committed ahead of the 2023 class? Sure, they do. You know, they're they're very smart. But uh, you know, so, so I think they, you know, the answer would be they're going to shoot for the best, knowing that you know that may be a little bit tough to do. If it happens, great. 
but if it doesn't quite happen, then they're still going to get a very good one. Yeah. And it's it's such a different environment when it comes to recruiting nowadays with the advent and expansion of the transfer portal. And that was something that uh, Mark Pantone talked about in his Zoom call on on Friday, talking about the fact that he spends two, three, even more hours every day. Um, looking at and evaluating players that are in the transfer portal. Is this something that we've heard some coaches in basketball talking about they're only going to recruit from the portal, which is obviously ridiculous and not possible in football. But do you think that as this continues to go, and especially if the NCAA continues to allow players to transfer without penalty once, is this going to be more of the formula for Ohio State? Or will they still try to fill every position with uh, high school players and then just fill in gaps? Or will they focus on the transfer portal to fill things primarily before trying to find somebody the more traditional route? Well, I think as long as Ryan Day is at Ohio State, and I think uh, just about all Ohio State fans are hoping that that is a long, long time that he's yeah. at Ohio State. But but as long as he's at Ohio State, I think they're – their philosophy is going to be very similar to what it is right now because, you know, the lifeblood of Ohio State recruiting is high school players and particularly high school players in Ohio and this part of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to go everywhere they can to get the best players, but that's going to be their lifeblood uh, and the high school players, you know, great ones all over the country. So I, I think, you know, if you start going too heavily in the, to the transfer portal, I think that can, you know, make it a little bit harder on your high school recruiting. It can get you away from kind of your bread and butter, so to speak. So I think you're going to continue, really, generally speaking, to see seeing what a high state has done in the past, and that is, you know, they're going to bring in a great transfer player if they have a need, and if that player fits the system and is able, you know, has the potential to be a, a big-time player. You know, Justin Fields, they had a need, great player, they got it done. Uh, Jonah Jackson, the year he came in, you know, they really had a need as a, as for an interior lineman, and they got the guy they really wanted in him, and he was tremendous at Ohio State. Trey Sermon, they needed a running back. So I, I think that's kind of how they're going to continue to approach it, is look to fill – specific needs with great players, but only do it very selectively. I think that there'll be some fans that think that Ohio State might have some of those needs and holes that uh, might need to be filled via the transfer portal before the fall. Do you think that there is still an opportunity that Ohio State could pull in either a linebacker or maybe a defensive back through the portal before fall camp starts in August? Well, there's there's been a lot of talk ever since in the last season that Ohio State was going to bring in a cornerback or cornerbacks. And I've continually said all along, I don't expect that to happen. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about Elias Ricks, and I said uh, on more than one occasion, that's not going to happen. And you know, people kind of questioned. Uh, I remember one person uh, said something along the lines of, you know, Bill, you're out on an island on this one. Everybody else is saying Elias Ricks is coming to Ohio State, and you're the only one. Just I just they had a hard time believing me. They said you're just you're out on an island all alone. And I said, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> and lo and behold, there is no Elias Ricks at Ohio State. Um, but I don't think. Um, the, the the cornerback or perhaps even safety is where 
the the looking is, so to speak. Now, linebacker, yeah, I think uh, if they can get a great linebacker, and you know, Henry Toa Toa was certainly one they they went after. Uh, Pelegaote is another one that they're interested in. If they can find a, a linebacker that can be an impact guy and step in and and that type of thing, then yeah, I think that could happen. But again, it's got to be the right match. Yeah. Everything's got to fit for Ohio State, and everything's got to fit for the player coming in. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll wrap it up here with just a, a short thing for you, Bill. In following all of the, the different updates that you've had um, over at Bucknuts, all of the different um, stories about who's coming on what weekend for visits, who's going to what camps. Obviously, this first weekend of June 4th through 6th, which is the Buckeye Bash 2 or 2.0 or whatever, is going to be really exciting for fans. But beyond that weekend, is there one do you think fans should watch for? Not necessarily for the commitments, because like you said, they might not come for a little bit longer. But in terms of players who are coming in that could end up at Ohio State and could end up being really important to Ohio State, is there another set of camps or weekends through the through the month of June that people should be paying attention to? Well, uh, if you look at Ohio State's needs right now, remaining needs for the 2022 class, they're really at two positions in particular. Offensive line and defensive line. You know, right now between those two positions, they have a grand total of one commitment. They have one offensive lineman committed. Uh, they want to have at least four at each position, at least four offensive linemen in this class, at least four defensive linemen, and likely more than that. So, you know, that, that makes it easy to say, hey, you know, we, uh, High State needs at least seven more linemen when you consider both sides of the ball to add to this class and, and probably more than that. So you look at when those linemen are coming in and there, there are some very good linemen, defensive linemen, I should say. There are some outstanding defensive linemen coming in the weekend of June 25th to 27th. So that's important. But if you look overall, uh, kind of the time period that I'm looking at is starting the weekend of June um, June 11th, 11th to 13th weekend. Um, there are a number of talent offensive linemen coming in that weekend, a couple defensive linemen, and then you move to right after that, uh, Monday and Tuesday, June 14th and 15th, you have a couple more uh, great offensive linemen coming in for visits that weekend as well. So I think if you look at the period, I should say that those two days as well. Yeah. Uh, so if you look at the period, June 11th, starting that Friday through, say, Tuesday, June 15th, you've got some really good offensive linemen and some pretty darn good defensive linemen coming in. So that's the period I would be looking at uh, after the, the, the opening yeah. weekend. Well, last question, and I, I, if you, I don't want to scoop anything if you're going to put make an official crystal ball uh, on anything over at uh, Bucknuts at 247, but – if you had to guess, who do you imagine might be the first person to commit, whether it's 2022 or 2023, when we start hearing booms, do you have any idea or, or even hunch as to who might be that first one? Yeah, um, you know, there's, there's several guys that I could, I guess I'd have in mind, uh, you know, does, does uh, go uh, make a decision and decide to transfer to Ohio mm -hmm. State? He'd be a, he'd be a guy that I would have in mind. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, another guy is he says he's going to take his visits and, and he very well could take them all. But uh, Emil Wagner, the offensive tackle from Huber Heights Wayne, uh, 
Uh, he's visiting Ohio State the weekend of June 4th to the 6th. I still would be surprised if he committed right away. But, uh, you know, I just can't rule it out because I know that uh, Ohio State is going to go hard for him. And I know sure. that he's very interested in Ohio State. So you never know. Maybe he maybe he decides to pull the trigger early or, or maybe just take one more visit after that or something along those lines. We'll see. Uh, he's a, he's another name, certainly, that uh, that I would at least think about uh, as far as a uh, uh, an early decision. Another one might be uh, Caleb Brown, the wide receiver from yeah. Chicago, Illinois. You know, he uh, uh, high state needs at least one more wide receiver, maybe two in this class. And and right now, you know, I actually do have him crystal ball to Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I think that's another guy to to at least keep uh, keep a close eye on as possibly deciding early. And and one or more I might mention if uh, if high state decides to really go all in and push for a commitment Curtis Neal the defensive lineman from North Carolina is a guy certainly that I would I would take a look at and I, I guess I should also mention Jalen Early from Duncanville Texas uh, coming in June 11th weekend uh, again I think he you know may want to take his visits first but I, I just wouldn't rule him out either yeah well that's great bill i cannot tell you how much i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today there is nobody better at what they do than you and all of the stuff that you've got up over at Bucknuts is a must read for buckeye fans especially for those who are excited about the future of the program so get some rest this uh, memorial day weekend because i'm sure that the next month or so is going to be very very busy for you well i appreciate the kind words and uh glad to Glad to be part of your podcast, and uh, you have a good weekend, Matt. Thanks, you too. Thank you for listening to this inaugural episode of Land Grant Holy Land's The Dotted Line podcast. Also, thank you as well to the legendary Bill Curlick. In the show notes and in the article version of this episode on Land Grant Holy Land, we will have links to his Twitter account and his articles at Bucknuts. And if you call yourself a Buckeye fan, he absolutely has to be in your regular reading rotation. If you are finding this episode on the aforementioned LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are cranking out episodes nearly every single weekday, and they all have a unique perspective and voice that you just won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye Podcasting Universe. Also, don't forget to follow LandGrantHolyLand on Twitter at LandGrant33, and you can find me at BWWMatt. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon, and as always, Go Bucks.